Well, welcome everyone to uh, to the next matchup of our Seven Investing Market Madness. If this is new to you, uh, we've been running a tournament all month where we pick 16 companies and put them head to head in eight matchups to ultimately determine what is the best stock to own right now for the next three years. We've ranked them based on 2022's performance, and we've seen quite a few upsets already. We saw Upstart dislodge our top-ranked ExxonMobil in the very first matchup. Uh, we also saw 14th-ranked SoFi Technologies displace Microsoft, and we saw Tesla displace 4th-ranked Moderna. We have another matchup here today, though. Uh, myself uh, and uh, lead advisor Anirban Mahanti are going to be presenting Apple versus Meta platforms. We can call this the clash of the consumer-facing titans because these are two of the largest consumer-facing companies on the planet. Um, Anirban, I think I'm going to let you go first. You know, you're representing Apple in this matchup. That is the higher rank. That's the fifth C because of a better year in 2022. But I know you're pretty bullish on the company's prospects going forward. Yes, uh, thanks, Simon, uh, and hello to everyone. Well, look, you know, I'm speaking to you, as I said, using an Apple, uh, uh, you know, an Air, uh, what's it called, headphone system. For, forget what the name is. Now, they have so many of these things. Uh, on an Apple iPhone, I'm looking at a Mac. Uh, we have Apple computers everywhere. And it's you're not alone. You know, they have over a billion iPhones, for example, out there in the wild today. So I, I think the story here is like, you know, this isn't really a story of hyper growth or anything. This is a story of a company that has just an excellence in and an excellence and a reputation of basically iterating, improving, and essentially pushing the consumer discretionary in terms of electronics at least forward. Um, and it has done that beautifully since the invention. Actually, it has done it from in a long you know the Macintosh, for example, was the best possible desktop you could get. They didn't have the right market fit or the, you know, the go-to market or the product market fit in that sense, but it was the best, um, you know, device. They came, then came the iPhone, then came the iPad, came the Apple Watch, you know, uh, all these AirPods and AirPod Max, which is what I'm using. The Apple Max today, you know, they're pushing the frontier on what hardware technology really is, including at, all the way down to the, the chip level. So my point really is, this is a company, company that it's always innovating. It appears iterative to people, but it is because it is iteratively improving, but it's always improving. And the best example here might be, well, look who makes the best chips on the planet today. And that's Apple. It's not Intel. You know, it's it's basically Apple, they, you know, the largest chip maker today. And, you know, that happened through an iterative process. But if you pick up the Macs and you pick up a highly performing Macs, it's got so many GPUs, you know, you can run all these machine learning computes on it. You don't need a cluster. So it's uh, it's fabulous in, in the way the company runs. Now, this is never going to be hyper growth, but it's got a beautiful ecosystem of people who are in this ecosystem, basically are going to stay in this ecosystem. There are constant switches coming into this ecosystem. The switches mean people who are on Android or using Windows desktop. You really need a way for people to, you know, jump from one to the other. Happens, they have a large potential, for example, in emerging markets. Slowly and steadily, they get people to come into the ecosystem. When you buy one, you realize how good they are and how reliable they are. You just buy the next one. Then you buy services. And so it continues. In return, the company, you know, generates substantial free cash flow. It's one of the highest free cash flow companies you can find. Hundreds of billions of dollars, you know, roughly in, you know, in free cash flow. It turns around, buys back shares, pays dividend. It's a very well-managed, well-run company, very focused, not too many layers of management. And 
superb capital discipline in terms of whether it's capital expenditure or sp- expenditure in R&D. The amount of stuff they get they done on R&D, best example, because uh, Simon is going to talk about Meta, but, you know, the amount of money Meta has spent on its quest and God knows on its Metaverse uh, hardware, it's probably 3x or 4x the amount of money Apple has spent on iPhone R&D, <laughs> which is the greatest consumer device you can think of. So this is a company that just knows how to do things. And it, because of the reputation it has built with both consumers and developers, it sort of gets the right to lead. It doesn't have to be first, but it has the right to lead because it basically, you know, it creates the path, you know, it, it makes the road that others follow. So this is one of the greatest companies out there uh, that I have seen, you know, I've been a happy shareholder since what, 2011, 2012. Every year people think it's not going to beat the market, but, you know, among all the big tech, this is the one that usually has done very well for me. So I love this company. Great company, great execution. A reminder that anyone can ask questions either in the chat here on Twitter, at uh, 7 investing is our handle, or if you would like to request uh, speaking privileges, please go ahead and request those and we'll get you in for the, uh, for the live feed. And never mind, consumer hardware is a graveyard. I can't tell you how many companies have failed in this space. It's normally a low margin, you know, just terrible business to be in. What is it that Apple's, Apple keeps doing so well? Is it the UI and the design that they do? Or is it those custom chips you're talking about? Like, why is it that Apple keeps succeeding when everyone else is failing in this space? Yeah, that's a beautiful question. And you see, there's, there's a number of things. So a number of things here that people don't understand. This is a very design-centric company. So they inform their choices based on design. That's one. The other thing is this is very much like a vertically integrated company in the sense that they control all the layers of, of the stacks. They go from all the way from the hardware to the software that creates a seamless experience. And it's, you know, so in, in, in some sense, what they do seems very simple from the outside, but the in the world that we have where, you know, people outsource, oh, you're going to make my chip, like, you know, Intel is going to make my chip or Qualcomm is going to make my chip and uh, oh, uh, Google is going to give me the OS and I'm just going to build the hardware and stuff my name on it and sell it. Well, you know, it's going to be suboptimal and it shows in the product. That's one. Now, it, over time, what happens over like a decade, that lead that a company has sort of tends to narrow. But it takes us a long time to give somebody a lead because then they have built an ecosystem around it. So it's, it's the whole package that this company brings. Plus, if, there's, a, there's something called brand. You know, when Apple says, I'm not going to steal your data and I'm not going to monetize your data, it means something. Uh, you know, there's a lot of reputation behind this company as well. So, there's, you know, and then there's this prestige. Like, you know, if you're in, if you're in India and, you know, you're a rising middle class income owner, you know, having an iPhone is a dream that you want to realize one day. And when you can realize, you'll be happily chucking your Android you know, smartphone away to get an iPhone because, you know, hey, you've arrived, right? That's what the Bollywood stars carry. So um, it's, it's a bit like that. So, I mean, a lot of things this company does, right? It's, and I guess the most important thing, this company is one of the, you know, we say long-term, long-term. This company really thinks long-term. Like it, you know, started chip designing with like 2008 or 2009. Think about the you know, time it took, but you know, slowly but steadily, it made its way. All the iPhones, all the iPads, and today the Macs, they're on the best chips on the planet. They're always, you know, at least a few years ahead of the competition. So it's just things long-term. It's a very long-term game plan, really, and superb management, a lot of brand name. So it's, you know, in a way, it's like a perfect company. 
you know, as I said, you know, management need to take lessons from Tim Cook as to how never gets, he never gets up to the level of, you know, he's one of the great CEOs. I think he's one of the greatest CEOs we have seen in modern times. So types of return he has delivered, the way he has navigated, you know, geopolitical challenges, uh, you know, it's just, you know, managing White House, managing China, it's a no mean feat. Like this is like, you know, so I think, I think yeah, all of those things put together, uh, make it a great company. And I, I guess, you know, as I said, Tim Cook is one of the reasons the company has done well. One of the question marks of this company would be, you know, Tim Cook is probably, you know, 65 plus now. So, he, you know, at some point, he's probably going to want to retire. So there is going to be a question of has he trained? Sometimes great leaders do not do a good job of training the next uh, a lot. Uh, we've seen that happen with some other companies, you know, uh, you know, has Tim Cook done that? You know, and, and probably, you know, maybe he has, but we'll see. How about Elon Musk? Elon is typically running at least 10 to 20 companies. Can he run Apple as well? <laughs> yeah, so like, you know, like Elon Musk, uh, great leader. He's not the same style of leader as uh, as Tim Cook, but, you know, there's a lot of similarity in how uh, Apple, actually, if you look at Apple and you look at uh, Tesla, you realize there's a lot of similarity in their strategies, in their approach. You know, of all the companies, you take Alphabet, you take any of the other companies, they spend money as if money grows on trees. And these two companies, Tesla and Apple, they really actually count. Like, you know, they're like the Scrooge. They're always counting, oh, should I really spend this or should I not spend it? You know, is this the best bang for buck? So uh, there's a lot of similarities in terms of that vertical integration, in terms of, you know, controlling key technologies, in terms of, you know, being very CapEx efficient, in terms of, you know, realizing the best bang for your buck for R&D, in terms of actually moving the... uh, the I guess the space forward, right? As Apple moves computing forward, that really the only company that moves computing forward is Apple, <laughs> and 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 then the, you know, the only company that's moving sustainable transport forward is Tesla. So those those are two you know great examples in uh, of leadership and quality that you know. There of course there are differences in in terms of what Tim Cook would say and what uh, Elon Musk would say, but otherwise the companies have a lot of similarity as such. Okay, thanks very much, Nirvan. You certainly make a very compelling case for Apple and how it is one of the most loved companies on the entire planet. I'm going to shift gears now and talk about Meta Platforms, which is probably one of the most hated companies on the planet right now. I say that a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but I'm going to pitch why actually that is one of the reasons it's such a compelling investment, uh, potential potential investment right now. And so I'm going to uh, entitle this, What's the Meta with Facebook? And I do that for proxy for my colleague, Matt Cochran, who always finds a way to, to sneak a pun into these conversations. But I mean, let's look at what's going on with meta platforms right now. There's a zillion different problems that the company's facing. It's facing regulatory and privacy concerns about targeted advertising, right? This is all the range 10 years ago. Now, all of a sudden, we're having transitions in the internet and the technology that's being implanted into devices for their identifiers uh, to, to switch away from the third party cookie. And it's so much of the targeted advertising that that Facebook has made its core business from. Uh, you know, just the change that we had in the IDFA for Apple devices, we just chatted about Apple, that had an impact of about $10 billion for the last year for, May, for Meta's top line. It continues to face other um, situational societal issues, you know, fake news, the impact that it has on political elections. These are fresh on people's minds. And a lot of them have said, delete Facebook. You know, we're getting away from this platform that's been so loved. That's fresh on people's minds in recent years. Uh, it, people have called it potentially irresponsible on, irresponsible on its capital spending in the metaverse, right? Meta platforms spent $32 billion in fiscal 2022 in capital expenditures. 
And that accounted for about 27% of its $116 billion in total revenue. People were saying you're spending way too much on something that's just not going to be here for years out. And a lot of the macro concerns are spilling over to uh, a reduction in digital advertising, whether it's technological change, uh, technological change, whether it's you know societal changes, whether it's you know expensive capital uh, spending that that it's, it's been spending in recent years. Even on top of all that, maybe there's just going to be compression in the ad markets due to the macro economy, and all of this has kind of led to a four percent reduction in the top line here in the fourth quarter for Meta. So that's the bad things, right? That's all the things that we're kind of thinking of when we think of this. You know, there's not a whole lot of bullish, optimistic headlines about Meta, but Let's actually look at the business performance. Let's see if this is actually out of whack with how the company itself is performing. You know, we saw in 2022, even as mature as Meta Platforms is out there, it still saw a positive single-digit single growth in both monthly and daily active users. Now, 3 billion people are using Meta on a uh, monthly basis all around the world. We have seen uh, that it's still, even though it's compression and, and profitability, it's still capturing a 20% Gap reported operating margin, and it still saw an 18% year-over-year uh, impressions uh, improvement in impressions. And now, a lot of this is going to user-generated content. Of course, we've seen Reels kind of becoming a more important part of the business. There's lower pricing for something like Reels than there would be uh, for something like the core feed. Uh, but you do see the impression count going much higher as, as Facebook and all of its properties are kind of counteracting what's going on at TikTok and elsewhere. And perhaps my favorite part of the investment thesis is that there's still plenty of capital, there's still plenty of cash flow that's going into ways that Meta is saying, look, if you're going to give our, our stock price such a discount, we're going to take advantage of this. Right? It had a $28 billion of buyback during the last year. It still has $10 billion on top of that that's authorized on the old plan. And then what does it do? It comes out and it says we're going to authorize an additional $40 billion to buy back our stock right now. Now, I don't think that's irresponsible in any way. When you can look at the, just the metrics of what Meta is selling it, yes, it's got its issues. Yes, we just went through you know, what's going through right now. But we saw that it's still relevant. It's still capturing excellent, excellent profitability. It's still embedded in the daily lives of 3 billion people around the world. And it's selling right now. The stock price, even after a 50% gain so far in 2023, is still today selling at four times sales and less than 10 times operating cash flow. And even if you take out all of the capital expenditures that people say that it's overspending on right now, it's still selling at 25 times free cash flow at today's stock price. And I think all of this makes for a compelling investment. You know, yes, there are issues that, fa that Facebook and Meta and Mark Zuckerberg have to tackle. There's no discounting that. We're all very aware of them. But as an investment, I think even in recent months here, the market has kind of waken up that it's gotten way too cheap back in January. And it's probably still too cheap at four times sales and 10 times cash flow. And nearby, I'm going to recognize that, that Apple's a pretty awesome business, but uh, Facebook's a pretty decent business too. And it's also selling at a pretty compelling valuation right now. Yeah, I don't disagree with the valuation. I would say that the valuation for both companies are very similar right now, isn't it? Like um, they should be similar in terms of free cash flow multiples or close enough. The gap has basically closed with the 50%. Uh, increase in share price. So, like, I mean, look, I, I think fundamentally I don't agree with, disagree with anything that you said. It says that, the, like, if you think about business, it's very well ingrained. There's a deep moat in terms of 
you know, number of people using WhatsApp or, you know, Instagram or Facebook and things like that. And, uh, you know, unlikely that that's going to be disrupted anytime soon. The, the, the things to worry about here are, you know, the, they need to control the cost burn. This dream of basically owning the metaverse, I mean, through hardware, they should try to own that through software, not through hardware. Uh, and still be dependent on the, the ecosystem purveyors because it's difficult to see how it's going to transition away without that. But yeah, like, I mean, my vote was for Apple. Uh, I think if both of our similar valuation, I'd, I'd bet on the better company uh, with a longer history and just, you know, better management, you know, uh, I guess more optionality. But yeah, I, I can see the reason to get behind Meta as well. Yeah, I think so too, Nirvan. And I'm going to go ahead and disclose that, you know, we're, I'm doing my best to pitch Meta in the matchup here, but I think that if I was to vote between just the two companies, I would probably vote for Apple too, in terms of, you know, a three-year holding period, just all the excellent capital allocation. Uh, I'd love to hear what anyone in the audience thinks, if anyone wants to chime in and, and say which way they voted. But this is one of those, you know, you've got two consumer-facing brands. Of course, Apple increasingly popular every year, it seems, has that ecosystem. But Meta is just so embedded, 3 billion people across the world, uh, selling at probably, you know, some of the best valuation multiples it's seen in at least a decade. Uh, you've got to kind of factor all of that in, too, that, you know, if, if it can steer the ship and navigate some of these headwinds it's facing, it could be a pretty good deal for investors right now as well. So I think we're going to open it up. You know, if, if anybody has thoughts or comments, please chime in. But in the meantime, 7investing.com slash market madness is where you can follow along with our entire tournament throughout the entire month. Uh, 7investing.com slash email is where you can get insights like these directly sent to your inbox every morning as we continue uh, to complete this tournament throughout March. And then lastly, we have our starter membership. This is our new membership that we have for just $17 a month. This is a lower priced option if you want just two recommendation reports every month instead of seven. We still have our premium membership uh, that is priced for kind of the, the full buffet of options from all of our advisors but we picked two out that we put into the starter membership uh, for people who want a little bit uh, less content and a little bit of a lower price point. So thanks again for tuning in to Apple versus Meta Platforms. This is the fifth ranked Apple versus 12th ranked Meta Platforms. We're going to open up the polls now for you to vote at 7investing here on Twitter. And we'll be back with another matchup tomorrow morning. And uh, thanks for your support. In the meantime, we'll talk to you again soon. Have a great day.